This episode is sponsored by AVMA PLIT. The AVMA Professional Liability Insurance Trust offers complimentary student malpractice coverage to all active SAFMA members. If you aren't already enrolled, visit avmaplit.com slash unleashed to sign up for free today. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. For any of you that may want to get out there, start your own social media account, and share your own story. Welcome to the podcast. Christy, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm glad we we had some technical difficulties get this <laughs> getting this set up, but we made it. I think we're we're smart vet students, so props to us. Yes, we got um, it. <laughs> good. So, uh, really excited and honored to have you on on the this episode. Um, before we get into talking today, just want to ask if you could give a a background on yourself, where you're from, what you're doing, all that good stuff. Yeah, of course. So um, everyone knows me on Instagram. I guess not everyone, but people know me on Instagram as Dr. Christie. Everyone should. (laughs) Thanks so much. I'm very flattered coming from you, especially. (laughs) No. (laughs) But my full name is Christy Crow, and I'm actually from Indiana. So I was raised in Brownsburg, Indiana, which is uh, it's outside of Indianapolis. And, you know, people really don't know (laughs) where Indianapolis or Indiana is sometimes. So I always have to clarify that. Right. Um, Same with Missouri, by the way. (laughs) Right. And for uh, for undergrad, I went to Purdue University and I continued my education to vet school at Purdue University as well. Um, When I was an undergrad, I studied animal sciences. I was between biology and animal sciences, but ultimately I thought, you know, I want to be a veterinarian. This is going to be the most applicable to what I want to do. So let's just do that. But, you know, my classmates are in both. So, um, In addition to that, um, what kind of veterinarian I want to be since I've been in vet school, I'm I'm kind of like, you know, it's a big question mark still. You know, I'm about to start fourth year and I'm just like, I'm still interested in many different things, but my heart is kind of going more towards ending up somewhere in public health. Mm, But but I also like really am entertaining the idea of, you know, getting out into practice and um, doing maybe small animal practice. And I'm also really interested in like owning my own business and clinic. And um, so I can also do public health things. So my dreams and aspirations are pretty crazy when I say them out loud to people. But I always tell myself, I'm like, just because it's not commonly done doesn't mean it can't be done. So I'm just, you know, I'm still working towards it. So it's it's a work in progress. So Good. And you've got plenty of time. I mean, exactly. I mean, graduation's not, I mean, close. It's very close, but, but not super close. So, and that's, I think one of the beauties of vet med, which I I know everyone hears all the time is that the opportunities for us are endless. Like if we want to go into different sectors, we can and do it whenever we want do multiple things at one time even. So, um, so does Purdue have a, a master's in public health program or anything that you guys get any training in that? So actually, we they do a partnership with University of Minnesota to get your MPH um, while you're doing your DVM. But um, little Christy, when she was in first year, thought she wanted to be a neurologist or a cardiologist going to vet school. And after week one, I was like, nah, not for me. <laughs> not going to do extra schooling. No way. No, no, no. Yep. So it was it's cool because you're always like ref- like reformulating your pathway. You're always finding things you're interested in. And if you just keep an open mind, like this world it's just open to possibilities and you really don't understand how much is out there in vet in like vet med. Right. Like, and so when I got into my public health class, I was like, Whoa, I was like, veterinarians are protecting this world. Like we're protecting every human as well. And no one really knows, you know, understands that or appreciates it or even just, yeah, just sometimes we're like the invisible profession, you know? So. Right. I I totally agree. And I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. It's funny you say that because I feel like, veterinarians are held in such high regard and high respect, like in the community. But when it comes to mm-hmm. actually what we do medically and publicly and all of that stuff, I, I feel like a lot of what we do goes unnoticed or worse. And maybe this is just my own self insecurity, but maybe they don't value our medical training as much as say a, right, right. a human doctor. Um, exactly. But, uh, I feel like our generation is pretty good at speaking out. So I would not have, uh, I would not be surprised at all if, if some of that's going to change over the next, you know, several years as we get out into practice. And honestly, in like 
like us having this discussion, like I feel like we are two people who are passionate about spreading that message. And I think our generation, like you said, is also passionate about that. So I totally agree with you. Like, I think there's going to be a shift in like the education and the understanding of what veterinarians do because we have the ability to do that. And, and so I guess you can get into talking about kind of how like Dr. Christie started because that's kind of what the purpose was. Um, so it initially was like a little hobby because in undergrad, I loved, loved like leadership opportunities where I could help, um, you know, like perspective, um, like undergraduates find their place within Purdue University. So, you know, they can always choose between the College of Agriculture, College of Science, this and that. But so uh, since I did animal sciences, I was in the College of Agriculture and I was an mm-hmm. ambassador and I loved helping new students when they came to visit. And so um, I all I love sharing my experiences and I love connecting with others. And I wanted to kind of continue that while in vet school but as you know and i know vet school is extremely demanding and time is you know time is not quite the luxury (laughs) yeah exactly and so i was like how how can i do this in a way that like i don't have to go go out and sit on a panel and you know take hours of my day like talking one-on-one to people and i was like okay let me let me just do instagram because that's my favorite social media platform let's do that and let's just share my journey about it because Overall, I'm a really open person in general, um, and my followers see that, and I don't have any problem with telling people what's really going on in my journey. I don't try to glamorize it. I just try to be open, um, right. and so that's that's kind of what I told myself, and in addition, I, like, I wanted to share my journey, and I wanted to also be able to share what we as veterinarians do because it's not just confined to taking care of puppies and kittens. Like That's not it. Um, veterinarians are on a spectrum of you know, tasks and duties that, you know, help the local community, our global community, like so many different things. So my goal was just kind of education. So whether it's educating about my journey, educating about the profession or educating about like, you know, just random cool facts or, you know, travel or things I'm passionate about. So just like my life and what what I'm doing. So that's kind of how Dr. Christie started. So did you start that in your first year? Um, I actually started it. So January marked this past January marked one year. Um, wow. So Congrats. I, mean, That's cool. I actually, thank you so much. I actually did want to start it my first year and I actually made a, the same account, but then I deleted it a day later. And then it was funny because <laughs> a year later from that, um, uh, my boyfriend was like, you know, Hey, like you really like to help people out this and that, like maybe you should like make a hobby of it. And I was like, okay. And so I was like, I'm just going to make it my little hobby, my thing to do to like kind of get away from school. And then it turned into something bigger than I could have imagined, which I'm extremely like grateful for. So. Sure. Yeah. I feel like that kind of happened with me when this podcast, like when I started it also in my second year, I was just thinking, Oh, it'd be a cool thing to do outside of school. I I had a little bit of background in, in doing some audio things. And, and at the time, there wasn't really weren't any podcasts for veterinarians alone. I mean, there were a few, but they weren't, in my opinion, well right. done. Uh, and there were certainly yeah. none about vet school. So I kind of saw the opportunity to do it. So I just jumped into it and saw where it was going to go and it and turned out to, to be a really cool thing. And I feel like with social media and seeing these, these veterinary personalities, if you want to call it that, ha- when I was a first year, so back in 2015, um, it wasn't a huge thing, but now I think people mm-hmm. like you um, and, and some other veterinarians, veterinarians out there around the world, it's you see all these different people that have been uh, creating brands and being really big uh, influences on the community. So it, I think it's really cool with, with where things have gone with social media and technology and all of that. I agree. The evolution is insane. And I think we're, while we're, you know, I think we were kind of, we probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like maybe you agree, but I didn't really even know I was going to be building a brand for myself. But it's like, once you start doing it, it's like, it's already, it's already starting for you. It just, it just right. happens. And like, people know your name. I just came back from Sabma Symposium because I'm our president at Purdue. And mm-hmm. so many people came up to me in the exhibit hall and were like, I know this is weird, but like, <laughs> I, I follow you on Instagram. I love Dr. Christie and it's so flattering and it's so funny. And I get really shy myself and I'm not a shy person because I'm like, wow, these people, like, I'm posting things that are worth, sorry, that are worth um, them, you know, following. And when and when they come up to you, it's, like, insane. Right. It's kind of like a little celebrity world in a weird kind of way. It is. So, cool. Um, 
so you, you said that it kind of, when you started this, it was a hobby. Um, you were kind of doing it for fun and then it kind of, it blew up and, and got really, uh, it, it kind of got into a whole different realm of what you had thought. Can you just talk about or describe kind of where it's gone and, and, and kind of the cool things you've seen now that it's, it's become so successful? Yeah. So since it was a hobby, you know, I was kind of just wanting to post like some pics here and there of like what I do at school. Um, at that point I was like more kind of focused on like posting pictures of like things we learned in school, like blood cells and stuff like that. But really I kind of reevaluated and I was like, that's not who I am. Like when I get on Instagram <laughs> and sorry for any other vets accounts that are reading this, cause I do appreciate your guys' like actual vet knowledge and like quizzes and stuff. But like, I don't like doing that right. for myself because when I'm at school, I want to keep the school there. Um, I like to share more. Right. Of, yeah. Right. And I feel so bad for saying, cause I think a lot of those, these accounts out there share some awesome, um, information and it's a good way to test your knowledge too. But, um, for me, I just like to share like experiences. So I kind of ha- also had to like reevaluate my focus with my Instagram because, I wanted it to be a hobby, but I was like, I want people to get something out of it and enjoy looking at it and reading things. Right. So then I kind of just started sharing like what's on my mind, what's go- what I'm going through, like my struggles, because honestly, in vet school, I can say I am someone who has struggled every single semester an extreme amount. And, and I think most people do, but a lot of people suffer silently. And like, I'm not okay with people feeling like they can't open up and they can't get help. So then that came my focus is like sharing those kind of things and being open so other people don't feel alone. And I think a pivotal right. moment for me was when someone messaged me and told me that my post and like me, you know, reaching out to her and like talking to her, talking her through things, commi- like it, it stopped her from committing suicide. And wow. that to me was a pivotal moment where I was like, this is, this is why I'm doing this. I'm doing this to help others. You know, there's no, you know, right. there's no, I never did it with any personal gain to do this or that. Cause I never even thought it was going to get big. I just wanted, you know, to post my photos and see in my experiences and see if anyone, you know, wanted to read it. And luckily they do. Um, but now it's gotten to a point, I get messages daily about like how much I'm helping people. And that's what, that's what makes it worth it really. Cause you know, definitely being in vet school is hard enough, but like feeling like you're the only one struggling is just, it's even, it's even worse. So, yeah, I think that's a, one of the biggest problems we have, at least in, in vet school and probably in the whole veterinary community is that we have a problem with being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, it takes so much to get into vet school and, you know, being smart, whatever that means to you and, and, and just surviving in school. But people have a hard time, generally speaking, obviously not everybody, but having a hard time kind of opening up. And if they're struggling, talking about it, or just even recognizing that they're struggling and, and that, that it's okay to struggle because this is never supposed to be mm-hmm. easy. Right. Um, if it was easy, then, then, and that's kind of weird. Right, but, uh, uh, and then, yeah, so by having, you know, people like you and, and, and people online that can talk about it, 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 it's a great thing for building community. And I think something we really, we really need. So, so yeah, super, super important. Yeah. So I agree completely. And I guess a question I'm curious to ask you, cause some people have asked me this, how do you balance your awesome podcast while being in fourth year and being in vet school? Cause you did start it before fourth year. So I just want to know from your side of things, because you really are one of the biggest names or if not the biggest name with the vet school podcast mm. that I know. Cause once you asked me to be on it, I literally screamed. I was like, no way. I was like, no, no. I was like, oh my god. That's flattering. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Um, no, that that's like the number one question I get too is is where do you find the time right. to do all of this? Um, and I don't really have a great answer because I feel like you you can make time for anything you right. want to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you just it, if it's going to be you're going to take an hour off from studying for a night, or instead of going out on a Friday night or whatever it is, you're going to stay home and and do one of these projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you just make the time. And, and to be honest, it, maybe I got this from from my previous life before vet school, because um, which I, I know that p- many people out there listening know about my background. But if you don't, I, I, I this is a second career for me. I was in um, the music business beforehand. So oh, I had a little bit of, of career experience before yeah. this. And I think that really did help me in vet school uh, and especially with time management. So um, I, I feel like I may be a little bit better than than, say, someone right out of college regarding time management just because I've lived it. Um, But it's all about making priorities, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and and being a good manager of your time. Because 
you can really do anything you want to do. And and obviously sleep is really important, mm-hmm. eating, spending time with family. Uh, but when you look at other things that you do in your life, I mean, there's time to do, there's time to do a lot of stuff. And what I've learned looking back now, and and I'll preface this by saying I did not recognize this when I was in the trenches of school, mm-hmm. is that you don't need to be spending every single waking moment that you're not in class studying. Oh, agreed. Because it's not going to help. Um, if you're going to burn your brain out, you're not going to learn anymore. Just again, plan and make a list of things you need to do for that day. Learn what you need to learn and then mm-hmm. go take a break and, and do something fun because th- that's going to help you stay healthy and not just run yourself into the ground, um, which happens so often. And and unfortunately, I think it's become almost normal that that, that happens to us. So we don't think that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, find something that you enjoy doing that's not school. So blogging or a podcast mm-hmm. or having a really sweet Instagram page or doing agility with your dog, right. I mean, do whatever, right. whatever you want to do, uh, make time for it. Cause it's so important. Um, and you just got to just have to make the time. Um, you can always take an hour or two from your entire week. Like think about your entire week, how many hours in a week you can spend to not study for a couple hours to do something oh, exactly. you really enjoy. I agree. That's my soapbox. Yeah, no, I agree hundred percent with you. And I agree when you started off saying there really isn't a good answer because everyone's different. And it always comes down to exactly what you said, your priorities. And especially you, I admire you because one, you're doing this Two, you have a family and like three, this is a second career for you. And so for some people, you know, they, they probably feel a little burnout by this point, <laughs> you know, or even before then. Right. So I right. definitely admire that about you. And I agree with a lot of what you said. It comes down to your priorities, really, and like, and like how you know efficient you are in the day, or you know, or or what what you view as like acceptable for you in vet school. So for me, I think for the viewers that are listening to this, they're about to cringe and scream with what I'm about to say. But like, I do not <laughs> care if I don't get an A. I really don't care if I get a B. I just want to pass. And at my school, C's are passing. So I just strive to learn for my patients. One, like, get a good grasp of the material, and then just you know, do my best and live my life because I don't right. want to like wake up one day and be like, wow, I missed out on doing so many things I wanted to do or seeing people I wanted to see because I wanted to get, you know, five more questions right on an exam or two more. Right. So I got an right. A or like, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's silly to me. And that's just, I mean, and that's just me personally. I, you know, we all work so hard to get into vet school and that was what, like at least 16 years of schooling me, like, being right, so hard right. on myself, wanting to get A's. And I'm like, that time is over. That era is over. No more of that, Christy. Like, live your life because no one's promised tomorrow. Do the things you want to do. See the people you want to see. And then also do vet school. And that sounds like crazy to people. And, and, and it is a lot. But like like you said, you prioritize what's important. And like, so with the social media thing and blogging, like that became important, important to me. And like you said, like, if you choose a Friday night, you know, to do these kind of things, like that's what you choose. And that's what I do do. Like I find, I try to work on my little, my brand and my business, like on Fridays when a lot of my friends, you know, are going out or, you know, you know, visiting their significant others or this and that. Um, like this is my baby now, I guess you could say like, right. Right. Yeah. So it just comes down to what you're doing. And a lot of times I, if I see in my schedule, like, okay, you're going to be busy, you know, from this time, like I just already have like posts planned out, you know, I, I write them one weekend, um, you know, schedule the pictures. So you, you can put, you can prepare for anything in life. So you can also prepare your social media stuff as silly as it sounds. So. Right. Right. And, uh, and yeah, I really like, I agree fully with what you said about grades and I know that that's a a hot topic Mm -hmm. and, a pretty debated one too, because um, especially for people that want to continue their their formal training, if you will, with internship yeah, and residency, that's, grades that's are important. Yeah. And I think I kind of disagree that that they should be important. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more to you than than what grade right. you got. Um, but that has to do with the system, so I don't want right. to get into that too <laughs> yeah, deeply. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. if you, but I mean, now that we're, you and I are both nearing the end of, of mm-hmm. vet school, looking back. Like when you're when you're in class and you're trying to trying to work hard and, and the grade the grade is the the only thing really that that school gives you to mark your achievement and I think that's pretty unfortunate because when you get to clinics mm-hmm. that's I mean you still get grades obviously right. but how you are celebrated and and what you achieve is not based on the grade it's it's how you interact with mm-hmm. clients and how you do with cases and and I don't know how you feel about this but I feel like most of what I've really 
learned and internalized in vet school has come to me in clinics. Obviously, you get the foundation right. in in lectures and all of that. Um, but if you were to take me into a, an anatomy lab right now and have me take one of those exams, I would fail with flying oh, colors. Yes. Like I would not know a darn thing other than what I know clinically. Um, and same with anything with physiology mm-hmm. and and uh, nutrition and all of that stuff. I mean, it's all really great and you have to learn it. Um, but what I've, I've learned now looking back again is that grades matter, obviously, because you need to stay in exactly. school. But think about when you get that A, how much happier are you than if you got a B? Uh, is it, did you really celebrate that A? And, and, if, and if grades are really what gets you going and, and makes you really happy, by all means, strive right, for right. that. And everyone should be striving for A's and being the best that they can. But if you're getting C's in vet school, uh, I, I had no problem with it because like you said, it, it kept me in vet school uh, and it was passing and, and that was probably what was needed to, to get into clinics where I, th- I think the real work comes into play. Now, again, I'll kind of circle this back that for those that want to go into internship and residency, bit of a different story. Um, but uh, overall, I wish vet students, generally speaking, mm-hmm did not get so crazy about their grades and and had more fun and really focused on the experience of learning about veterinary medicine. Because uh, I know for me, and maybe maybe this is true, maybe it's not, is that I feel like what I really knew was not very well reflected in test scores. Because yes. I feel like some professors don't really give an exam that focuses on the really important Great. material, but that's just me. Um, so anyway, just have fun. Don't don't go crazy about the grades. Do what you got to do. But life is not about grades. When you get into, out into practice and, and working, your clients aren't going to give you grades. Your, your senior clinicians aren't going to give you grades. Like, that's just not how real life works. Right. Life is, yeah, I agree completely. You hit that on the head so great because, yeah, I'm glad you also added that, you know, grades actually, you know, they are a thing for if you want to specialize. Um that, you know, that's a good point to make. And luckily, I don't want to say luckily, just, just for me, I don't want to do that. So I am fortunate to, you know, to have this kind of mindset and not be so boggled down by the grades. But yeah, it's something right. I see my, like my classmates in the younger classes, um, just struggle with, like, you know, I've seen someone like cry, um, because, you know, they got to be on an exam and I'm like, sister, that is amazing. Like, yeah, celebrate yes. that. And I'm like, if you all saw my transcript, you would probably scream. But I was like, but one, it's no one's right. business. And two, I mean, it doesn't bother me. And I'm like, if you're offended by my sure. grades, that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're all going to be exactly. doctors. So chill out. All right, Christy, hang tight. We're going to take a quick break. Let me get a word in about today's sponsor, but we'll pick this up right after this. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know the importance of organized veterinary medicine. Well, PLIT is part of the AVMA family, and they protect veterinarians throughout their careers, starting in vet school. In addition to their student malpractice coverage, PLIT actually supports students and schools through sponsorships, including All for Students, the VBMA, VLE, and SAFMA. AVMA PLIT does so much to support us throughout vet school, not only with giving us complimentary malpractice coverage, which yes, you will need when you're out on externships and away from campus, but they do so much more to improve the lives of us throughout school and all of our organizations and just watching our back. So if you're in vet school and an active SAVMA member, no matter what year in school you are, please enroll by visiting avmaplit.com unleashed today. Let's switch gears and go back to kind of talking about your social media because I want to I want to have yeah. you or ask you to share some of your your wisdom and your guidance for for vet students out there that may want to follow in your footsteps and kind of start to build um, what you've done on Instagram or whatever social media platform. And I'll I'll ask kind of well this first question is also a question from me personally because mm-hmm. i've also tried to kind of beef up my instagram presence and cuz it's such a great yeah. tool um i have a big problem and i'm opening up here to 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 therapist christy um <laughs> that i have a problem opening up and i guess you can call it being vulnerable like on mm-hmm. on instagram stories and doing videos and things like that pictures are so easy to kind of just produce and, and, and make a cool statement. But especially with what you're doing 
mainly. And what I've read just about social media uh, in general is that video is obviously where it's at and doing stories and and, and having real-time conversations with people uh, is, is how you're going to make the most impact. Uh, and I, I find that really hard for me. And maybe that's just because I'm not used to being in front of a uh, camera or seeing my seeing myself talk. I was I'm, I'm used to hearing myself right. talk, but seeing it is a little bit different. But how do you how did you get in, into doing that? Um, how are you so good at at kind of opening up and being vulnerable, like on a world stage almost? Wow, thank you. I thank you for that major compliment. And I hope I can answer your question in a way. And I'm I'm kind of sad because like I have an answer, but I don't have an answer because to start off with. This is my my strength and my weakness. I am a very open person in general, mm-hmm. and I find that as a good thing, and I find that as a terrible thing because you know if something's wrong and I feel upset, like I have to get it out, like I have to say it to someone, and at times that could not be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's why I went. I've started therapy in vet school because um, that's my venter. My psychologist yeah. is my like she's my source of venting, um, so that's helped immensely. But I think first and foremost, it comes naturally to me because I'm just open and that's just how I've always been. But, but to go, um, on another part of your question about like how to open up about those, you know, harder topics or just being vulnerable. I think I hate saying this, but honestly, you just kind of have to one, just like take the leap and do it and just do it. Once you do it for the first time, like with anything, it's uncomfortable, it's weird. You're hesitant. Like you're, second guessing yourself. Um, and I found that in the, like the, you could probably, if you would scroll down or like search my older posts, like you could see, you could probably see the transition from when I was just making like weird posts about like cells and this and that. Um, and just like random pictures of animals. And then when I started to do the transition for like my life, like my stories, that's when I started getting engagement and that's when I started getting followers. And that's when I started getting like people to listen is because like people, can see any people can go go to any account and see like you know vet med facts and this and that but like they want to know your story so my advice is like to anyone listening and to even yourself like i know especially seth you have an amazing story to tell because um i know in post you've probably talked about like your your career before this and that and like having a family but you can totally elaborate on these things because so many people are so hesitant on getting into vet med after another career or like wanting to start a family I get so many questions about people being like how do I maintain a relationship in vet school and like this and that so you kind of like just for anyone listening who you know who wants to start a you know social media platform like think about the experiences that you've had to go through and that like you want to share and that you know other people are gonna you know want to listen to and even if you don't think they want to listen to it um it's probably like uh, there's probably a good amount that I want to listen to it anyways. That's what I right. realized. Like I thought no one wanted to hear my story, but so many people do. And just like anyone else out there, people want to know like that other people are like them because vet school can be so isolating and lonely and knowing you have people from other schools, especially and going through it and who've been through it and, you know, are going to go through it. It's just so, it's so reassuring and it's so helpful and comforting. So. Right. And I know I just thought about the numbers that, of yeah. how many people are listening to you or watching right, you. Right. Um, you 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 do it just for the people that want to do it, and eventually it'll go where it's going to go. So, um, yeah, and I I say if if you have any interest in doing any of these projects, like you're getting getting into social media or podcasting or blogging, whatever, is just do it. Um, just do that's kind of yeah. what I did. I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll try it. Um, and look at it now. Yours right. is just so successful and awesome. No, thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I, I think you know take a step outside of school and just do something fun if, if that's what makes you happy. Exactly. Um, so so we talked a little bit about what you'd recommend for for students uh, and veterinarians, for that matter, that want to get into it. What would be your like first step recommendations for starting uh, a social media uh, account or some type of page? Yeah, good. this is good. That's a really good question because I was so mixed up in the beginning of my Instagram that it just was not doing well it's you got to have a focus of like what you want to do you have to have like a goal like um for me it was like what do I want to focus on telling my viewers um and at first like I was like I want to educate you know veterinary students about my journey I want to educate the public about veterinary medicine I want to um connect with other health professionals I want to do this and this and I wanted to do all at once right and and the reality of that is you can't do that all at once. Those can be things that come along the way, which they they are actually doing. Like For me, it's happening now after like a year, but I had to really focus in on what I wanted 
my message to be. Right. And, and so you, you kind of have to think about that and you kind of think about your goals because I've had, a, unfortunately, I've had a lot of people message me and the first thing they say is like, I want to start a vet account. Um, also, how did you get partnership with X company? Right. And I mean, you know, I never want to assume like that's why people want to do things, but I also want people to know that if you're having that kind of um, intention when you start this platform, you might want to reevaluate because, you know, I'm very grateful that I have gotten some partnerships and sponsorships and stuff, but that was never the goal. That was never something I thought what I would ever even get. Right. Uh, so you have to have like, I don't know, you just, you have to have like a, pur- a purpose, like, because people want to follow you because they're getting something from you. They're getting a message. They're getting advice. They're getting a story. You know, they're, they're feeling like they're part of your life. Like they don't want to get photos that, you know, they don't want to get just kind of weird. You know what I mean? They don't want to get right. just like Random. ads, you know, right. Right. You know, basically. So have a, like have a purpose, have a message and really hone in on that. And also, connect with other people, like start, you know, comment on people's things, like look what other people are doing, not so you can copy them or, you know, make their, their ideas yours, just so you can like start engaging and connecting and networking. Um, that's what I did for, uh, my Instagram is cause I had a genuine interest in what other health professionals are doing because one, I was someone that wanted to either go to med school or vet school. So I like to just look at medical student stuff too. Right. And then I like got into dentistry and like, you know, PAs. And I love to see what everyone's doing because we're all protecting the health of our world. So, you know, I just started connecting with other healthcare professionals and, you know, getting to know what they did and they were getting to know what veterinarians do. And then, you know, here and there I would, you know, make little posts, like I'm starting to get back to my toxicity Tuesdays to just bring facts to the general public about, you know, you know, things that, you know, could be in your household that could harm your pets. Like, I'm not trying to like dish some facts about surgery and this and that, because one, I don't want to get into that because I don't even know. And two, <laughs> I just want simple things that like, you know, the public, like, you know, your, your average person who doesn't have any medical background could read and be like, okay, I'm glad I, I'm glad I read that. Right. So you just got to have a purpose of what you want to post and like start small first and then and then slowly add things. So I hope that kind of answered that. Definitely. And I, and I was going to say the, the if you were to ask me like about podcasting because it, yeah. it kind of the similar start in terms of how you you get into it is I will totally echo what you said about figuring out what is your what why are you doing this? Like what is the mm-hmm. reason? What is your your mission almost for for doing it and then go from there. Um because if you want to do like a double thing where you're going to try to be this this veterinary um, you know influencer and and someone that's going to be sharing information about veterinary uh, stuff then you also want to be posting about your hobby of making gingerbread houses right, right? you can't you probably shouldn't do them both i mean you could um, <laughs> right. but uh, you know it comes down to if you know how serious you want to you want to make this and if you want to make this an actual brand and i know that's kind of a scary word for for people that aren't in into the whole business and marketing side of this but that's really what it is and it's not really that scary of a thing it's just kind of a word we we give to that but you have created this brand of being a a veterinary student voice and and someone that can give out great information and share experiences and and that is your why so if you want to get into a project like this um figure out what what your why is Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, for both for, you know, whether it's a social media platform or, um, you know, a podcast, like you, yeah, you got to figure out your why and then, and then it will take off. And, and then just to add, like, if, you know, if secretly like your goal is like, you would love, you know, to get, you know, some sponsorships and this and that, like, that's great. Cause like no one doesn't like to get them, right? but that will come with time. Like if you're producing genuine, authentic, like solid, you know, information and stories and facts and, you know, documentation of your life, that's all going to come. Right. But you know, that's not what it should be about initially, in my right. opinion. I agree. Yep. If you, I mean, it's good to set your sights high on it, but uh, if that's, if you're expecting that to happen in the first week, then uh, prepare to be a little mm-hmm. disappointed. But um, <laughs> right. if Definitely. it does happen in your first week, then then props then, to you. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Then, wow. Well, we should get, in, <laughs> get advice from them. Right. <laughs> Now let me let me turn the tables now and play a little bit a little bit devil's advocate um, mm-hmm. and and this is just from what I've heard from let's put it nicely older generations of okay. of those in 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 our industry and I guess in others too mm-hmm. but they will say that that 
people in our generation, people that really enjoy social media and sharing things online, um, that it can be unhealthy at some times, uh, mm-hmm. be it just at the, the amount of time we're spending on online or on our phones or on you know social media, whatever it is, um, and that influencing kind of in a bad way and in building bad habits. How do you? It seems like you really have a, a great balance of of your life outside of your of your phone. Put it that way. Um, I know that that's a big challenge with with people you know in our generation coming up it, with all the social media. But how do you find that balance and how do you keep it? in the right or how do you keep it healthy uh so yeah. that you're you're not spending all of your time head down and and doing doing social media yeah yeah that's a really good question and like while you were asking this question i was trying to think about it because i i, I admire and I, i'm flattered that you know to you it you know it see and probably to a lot of people it seems like i do have it balanced but the reality is like it's just a roller coaster sometimes. Like sometimes I'm, you know, very disconnected from, you know, what's going on Instagram and I'll maybe check it like, you know, a couple times a day or, but then there's other times I go through these phases where like, I'm like feeling like I have to prove something. And when that happens and when I start to like get a little bit anxious about it, I'm like, what are you doing? Um, And it kind of is almost just like self-realization and being like, just kind of taking a step back because I've done that many times already. And just being like, this is not a race with anything like you don't have to you don't have to prove yourself um because I think that the more followers I started getting the more I thought like I had to like put more out there and that's just that's just not true like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do I kind of had to have like a talk with myself and be like Christy you don't have to do anything you don't want to do and so nowadays um I have a timer on my phone on Instagram because uh Instagram has a setting where you can they can notify you how much time you spent on Instagram right so I I said right now I said it about 30 minutes um a day and you know sometimes I mean most days I don't even get to that like I'll put my post I'll you know comment here and there on some people's stuff uh, make some stories and then that'll be it so I really had to be disciplined about it. And I still need to be more disciplined in my opinion, but yeah, they have tools out there and to, to track your time and tell you like when to get off. Um, and also just to be, just kind of hone it back in and like reminding myself, like this honestly is Instagram. Like if Instagram just imploded tomorrow, like you need to be okay to live your life. And I totally right. am. If my Instagram right. just got deleted, I'd be fine. But I mean, I'd be sad. I couldn't connect with people, but it wouldn't in my life, you know? Right. So just having those just kind of having that talk with yourself and being realistic. Right. Right. And I think for me too, um, which I feel like a lot of us that have done this, at least building a, a, a presence online is that we don't really fake it. Like we, mm-hmm. what we're putting out there is real life. And right. I, I would be, I guess, give a, a kind warning to people that want to get into these types of things that in my opinion, when you start to create these postings and social media things to build kind of a, uh, like an alternative life and, mm-hmm. and not be real and, and show what's really going on. That's when you can kind of get into danger and, and kind right. of just not, not be living in, in real life. Um, so I, I would say that, I, that it's really important that if you're going to do this, don't, don't make this so that it's some type of, um, way to escape, um, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are definitely other ways to escape life. Cause I mean, everyone needs an escape at, at some point, right. but I see so many people online that, you know, that that's not their real life. And this is just totally exactly. a, uh, a charade and an act. And, and obviously there's some entertainment value to, to some of these, these people, especially celebrities online and, and all of that, that have created their, their whole celebrity by being an online personality. But, um, and if, if that's what you want to aim for, go for it, but know that, know that that's what you're trying to do. But if you want to, exactly. if you want to, to kind of just share your experience and, and, and be a cool person in the community, then just try to be, try to be real and, and, and don't hide. Don't use social media as, as a way to hide. Exactly. Cause you don't want to, you know, have that as your, your runaway. And then you're like, you're kind of like looking at other people's feeds based on what they want to show. And you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And then you are like, a lot of people are just so quick to compare their lives to other people's. Like I know so many people might be out there comparing their vet journey to mine or, and you know, I try to put as much as I can out 
on my feed, but like I can't show myself crying every day. You know, that's just right. kind of right. Weird. But like, but it's the truth. Sometimes I cry every day and like, and I fail things. And sometimes I wonder what I'm doing in vet school. I mean, honestly, I went through a period every single day where I was like, I don't want to be a vet. I don't want to be a vet. I want to drop out of vet school. I even had to have that conversation with my advisor. This is actually last semester. Hmm. So um, it was really terrible, but I also had to reevaluate everything that was happening in my life. I was experiencing a lot of deaths, personal, like, like that were close to me. I, um, we started junior surgery. So we were at school at least 12 hours a day. We also had classes before that, you know, I just, there was a lot of things going on and my parents don't even live in the country. So I had to take a step back and my advisor helped me so much and be like, do I not want to be a vet or do I just not like the circumstances I'm in? Right. And so like where a lot of people think like, I just am living like the life in vet school. Like, yeah, sometimes, but no, sometimes I literally just hate it. Like I, and that's just the truth. And I try to be honest about it. So, right. Yep. And I think that that's what makes your page so, so cool and, 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 and special because it's, it's, it's real and people need to see what, what it's like real life in, in school. So, um, yeah, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. So tell me about any, any other projects you're doing right now? Yeah. So I've always, I had in mind that I wanted to start a YouTube channel and, you know, I've had this idea for a while now because I found that, you know, I've started my social media platform where I can write blog or I can write, you know, Instagram posts. And then I also have my own website and I do also write for Merck manuals. And I found that like I love mm-hmm. sharing my stories and I love telling people like advice and tips and tricks, but I can't, I feel like I can't personally like get out what, like my message and my emotions through those because I am not a strong writer. My grammar's crap and it just it just not the ideal like kind of mode of sharing for me um that's i mean that's why i like instagram because of the pictures so like someone brought up to me like you have such a fun personality you're easy to talk to people relate like why don't you just get up get behind the camera and so once they told me that that's kind of when i started doing more instagram stories and i found Mm -hmm. a good turnout from that so i was like you know i'm gonna try to do youtube and i also wanted to do youtube because i do travel quite a bit and i want to just document my travel it's my sure. my trips just so I can look back on them too. So my next project I'm planning this weekend to film my first YouTube video, and so it could be great, could be a disaster. We'll see, but I'm gonna put it out there. So I'm gonna, that's yeah, the next you project. Gotta try. Yeah. I won't know till you try. <laughs> cool. And then what are your plans? Um, I meant to ask you earlier. What are your plans with Dr. Christie after? Uh, after graduation. Yeah. So I actually have got that question a couple times from current veterinarians. And, you know, for me, I haven't really thought too much about it, but just kind of like what I'm doing now, just like the transition of, you know, being, you know, in vet school to being out in the real world, because, you know, me, it's a big question mark on what I'm going to do, but I just plan on documenting that transition and then the life of a new veterinarian and, you know, life outside of vet school, because, oh, honestly, I can't wait for that. (laughs) Yep. Same. <laughs> what about you? What's your plans? Um, I, again, I, I get that question a lot. Um, and I think that since there's been such a, a good receival and people enjoy the, uh, enjoy the podcast and what we talk about on it, um, I, I figure I just keep yeah. doing it. Um, I don't think there's much of an issue with me not being in school anymore. I'm, I mean, I'm not that far removed, right. um, or won't be that far removed. So the, yeah, the plan is to keep doing it. Um, cause I think that, that this can be a good resource, at least just for having conversation and, uh, talking about things that aren't talked about as, as often. Um, and then with my, with my Instagram account that I'm trying to get going, um, or trying to, trying to do a little, little bit more on, um, I'm going to see so my name, my, my handle is Seth, the almost vet. I'm going to change that, uh, cause I won't be an almost vet anymore, <laughs> Seth uh, the vet. which I'm very excited <laughs> to be. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, again, similar thing. We're just trying to document the, the transition and, and what life is like out in practice, um, maybe even trying to to open up the the my reach or at least people mm-hmm. that I'm trying to to get in touch with to being more of a clientele exactly. type of population because um, I think that could be a great way for for new vets like us and mm-hmm. in, in in our uh, in our generation to be getting getting new clients and and sharing information because I mean let's face it all of all of our clients are going to be people our age right. eventually. Um, that have grown up in, in this whole era. Exactly. So why not use this as a, as a huge tool? So that's kind of the plan for right now. Nothing's been implemented yet, but um, 
definitely the wheels are turning in my head. I so agree. we'll see what and happens. We do have a good opportunity to like, to sh- like once you are veterinarians to actually share, you know, some basic vet facts and this and that. Cause like, I try to sh- like stay away from that now because I personally don't feel like I have the credibility to do that. <laughs> so I think that's also a good way for us to continue our social media presence. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that there the, that's that's a really good point too. Um, that there are a couple of things that I've had challenges mm-hmm. with on my own social media accounts because, well, so I'll just go through them. Number one is that l- technically and legally we should not be giving medical advice no. because we're not doctors Mm-mm. yet. So that's a little bit of a weird thing. Obviously, we can like try to teach other vet students what we're learning right. about, but in terms of saying, oh, your dog has a smelly and gross-looking ear, you should probably give them this medication. That's probably a no-no. And and I know that it's totally semantics because once you walk across the stage, you can say the same exact thing and it's totally fine. Um, But just be careful with that. And number two, I'm curious to to know what your school's policy is, um, but at least at Mizzou, we are not allowed to post any pictures of other patients or mm-hmm. animals uh, that are not ours. Um, and I would imagine that's probably a pretty similar right. rule across, uh, across most of the teaching hospitals. But I see a lot of, um, a lot of uh, vet students that have social media accounts that do post mm-hmm. pictures of animals and, and patient animals, and they probably got, um, you know, owner permission or, or whatever it was. But that's one of the things that I've kind of had a challenge okay. with because it's just a pain in the butt because I'd love to share right. the story, but I just can't take a picture of your dog. Right, right. Um, so do you, have you faced that? Do you know, have you heard much about any other people that, that do post other people's pets that are in the hospital? Yeah. So Purdue's the exact same way. Um, from year one, they tell you the social media policy. Um, and even with our teaching animals, like, you know, we have, you know, you know, any, like our teaching animals that we use and also like our cadavers and stuff, you are not allowed to take pictures right. of any of those things dead or alive. Um, and, and then, yeah, same with the client animals, you're not allowed to take pictures of them. Um, but I think if you do get client permission, permission, you can, um, but you have to add that to the photo, but also, but in my opinion, right. they kind of just stray away from that too. Like they don't encourage that either, but I've seen some like current fourth years do it and they have got their permission. And oftentimes the permission is other students, animals, like their classmates that they're, you know, so right. that, that that's right. fine. But, but yeah, um, our policy is, it's just pretty much no for all of it. So yeah, just like yeah. you, if you like look at any of either of our pictures, there's no client owned animals or teaching animals or because that's just how it is. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's such a bummer, but I right. get it. Um, but uh, yeah, when you when you're posting stuff, just be careful that you're doing it uh, in the right way. You don't want to have the 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 upper people the you don't want to have the the higher ups get mad at you for posting a cute picture of a yeah. dog, even though. And I agree yeah, too. Whatever. Even with like procedures and stuff like that, just be careful about posting because a lot of people not in the vet med community can take what you're doing as the wrong way, and they don't understand what you're doing because a lot of things with animals. We, totally. you know, we have to know everything across species. And so a lot of the things we use for, you know, this animal might be different for this, but it's not harming them, but it looks kind of strange into the public that right. might is not, that may not be acceptable. So just be careful right. what you're posting always. Right. Exactly. Cool. Well, uh, so my very last question for you, uh, now that you are almost starting your fourth mm-hmm. year is what advice would you give to a, a new vet student or first year vet student, someone that's early on in their vet school career, now that you have the wisdom of being an older, uh, a senior uh, student, what advice would you give looking back on on your own experience? Yeah, that's so good because I'm like trying to think about it because I have so much. But honestly, my biggest piece of, of advice would be to take it day by day. Don't jump to conclusions and think about the future and think about how you're going to do on this exam that never happened yet or this and that. Like live in the moment and also just take care of yourself because if you're not going to take care of yourself and you like if you don't do it, like you're not going to make it to be a veterinarian. Like you want to make sure you're taking right. care of your, your mental health, your physical health, like maintain relationships with your family, friends, significant other, like do the things that make you happy because no one's promised tomorrow. And if you are enjoying your life in vet school, you need to, you honestly need to reevaluate it. You need to, you need to find right. a, some kind of sort of balance that makes you happy while also passing your classes and this and that. So me, my number one piece of advice is just 
take care of yourself, make wellness a priority. And then your like school, because without wellness, right. you can't be that, that veterinarian you want to be. You can't be that awesome doctor that like, we know you can be and that the world needs. Exactly. Gold. Yes. So well what said. What about you? I, I got to know your piece of advice because oh, you're about to man. graduate. Yeah. Uh, what do we know? Uh, I think 56 days, but who's <laughs> counting? Um, so, uh, that's a good question. I, I think looking back, I would just say, remember why you want to be a veterinarian, because I feel like a lot of us forget mm-hmm. that. And it's pretty easy to forget when you're, when you're working so hard and life is not fun in vet school, I will be the first to say that vet school, the day to day, can really suck sometimes, yep. but you got to keep your eye on the prize and just remember why you wanted to go to vet school. Um, because it breaks my heart when people that are right in the middle of it say, or, or, or when they're asked, what would you change about your vet school experience? And they jokingly say, well, I wouldn't go. Right. Uh, it's just heartbreaking because you were so, so energized and so motivated to, to go to vet school and to become a veterinarian before okay. vet school. So that shouldn't change uh, when you get into vet exactly. school. So if you're feeling down and you're just burnt out and, and you don't want to do it anymore, just go back and remember why, what are your goals for after graduation? Because any way to get yourself motivated and get you through this is, is just going to um, make it that much better. And then obviously connected with all that. And I'll, again, echo what you said is take care of yourself because if you're not taken care of, then then no one else is going to be taken care of around exactly. you and school is just going to be miserable. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, that that's my I love sense. that. That is very important as well. Cool. All right. Well, Christy, this has been amazing. So much good information and and, and good talking and discussion. So I'll be sure to include all of uh, all of your accounts and 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 the blog and and definitely let us know when that YouTube stuff of gets course. out. I'm excited to see it. Um, but yeah, definitely go follow Dr. Christy on on Instagram uh, and and read her blog. So much good stuff. More of of what we talked about today and. Um, so just congrats on everything you've accomplished with that and and the best of luck with, with the rest of school. It's almost Thank over. you so much for having me on this podcast. This has really been an honor. And I wish you the best in your future endeavors as an awesome doctor. And I cannot wait to see your transition Thank as well. You. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Stay tuned. So <laughs> it'll be fun. It'll be fun. All right. All right, Christy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you again to Christy Crow for joining me on the podcast today. Be sure to follow her online. Uh, the links will be in the show notes. And thanks once more to today's sponsor, AVMA PLIT. If you're a current veterinary student and SAFMA member, sign up for complimentary malpractice coverage now at avmaplit.com slash unleashed. And last but certainly not least, thank you for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. If you like today's episode and other episodes of the podcast, please leave me a review wherever you get your podcast. It is a great way to spread the word and let me know what you like and don't like about the podcast. For resources and more information about Vet School Unleashed, check us out online at vetschoolunleashed.com. Find me on Instagram at Seth the Almost Vet or on Facebook. You can also connect with me via email at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode and any ideas for future topics. Thanks again. We'll talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, dissecting the DVM.